0: Thank you for listening to The Job Pod. I'm Elijah. This episode involves taking one's niche to the next level and beyond. Ryan earned his PhD in communications, and then, like many, he questioned his next steps. What do I do? SEO. Rabbit holes, websites, myths, all uncovered, right here. Secrets to writing unforgettable emails, an online passion project packed full of career resources for others who have earned their PhD too. Ryan, thank you so much for joining the job pod and speaking about your experiences and PhD degree and uh, your career progress. Welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So one, one thing that comes up is often that I've read about and, and uh, I guess LinkedIn friends talk about the uh, stereotypical academic appro- uh, approach when you talk about PhD. Um, is this uh, a trap that a lot of people get into or just something that they navigate to because that's what they know?
1: i I think it's partly they really enjoy school they really enjoy learning okay. and i I feel that they see academia as a place where that's central the idea of like learning the idea of um, the idea of research i I think there's just a lot of these these ideas that you associate with academia which later on you learn that there's these also exist outside of academia but I think they're just something that, That makes sense while you're in school. Like academia is a logical next step because it's about learning about education. So I think that's probably why that happens.
0: Absolutely. So if you could extend that curiosity into a Mm -hmm. professional career, then academia, it is. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I would
1: say like, though, if you're going to pursue a PhD, like it's good to have like a very strong idea of what you want to study. And like, because the more you get into PhD, the more narrow it gets. So it, that, that'd be my quick piece of
0: advice. I'd imagine you have to be fairly uh, excited about the pro- passion project or the the um, the hobbies that you have in order to convert that into some sort of PhD. Like you said, it's very narrow focused. It's uh, yes, very but, specific.
1: But I think it can lead to burnout. Because I, I felt because like, I was originally interested in film studies and then I pivoted to social science research. And I, I guess I was getting burnout on like, traditional, like, film studies and media studies, because uh, I'm very curious about things. And then I I think it was just, I was taking classes that I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. I've done this before. And I was like, I, I'm, like, learning about new things. So once you're, like, I guess the idea of, like, once you get more narrow and then you're kind of seeing the same thing over again, it maybe it's just you get burnt out or something. I, it, I don't know how to explain
0: it. <laughs> it, it feels... <sighs> Like you have to have an extremely patient uh, time with yourself, and you have to yeah. be really invested uh, in mm-hmm. in the long haul, if I may, because otherwise, yeah. if you like something for three months, you go all in, and then that's the danger of losing that uh, that research and that education, uh, moving to the next. Interesting. You you are now in SEO, the um, the fancy uh, acronym that every web enthusiast uses these days. And and Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, you went from, you know, communications, uh, PhD, and others, uh, media, and now you're moving over to, you know, websites and SEO. Um, You mentioned there was burnout, but in between there, there has to be some sort of aha moment. Was there a a memory for you that kind of helped you get over that leap of faith to move to SEO as a professional career? Oh,
1: sorry for interrupting. So I would say that informational interviews were super important. Just talking to people from different points of life, people with different job titles, they're really important for me because I was really interested in, you know, like I took some programming classes. So I was like, you know, I'm going to be, I want to be a data scientist. That makes the most sense. Like I'm a PhD. that That's what a lot of people do. Or maybe UX research because that's what I see with people that have PhDs. Like that sounds pretty logical. But the more I talk to people, the more I was kind of like, you know, maybe data science isn't for me and you know, maybe UX isn't for me, but I ended up in SEO. I, I think it's just because it just, it blends like creative and technical mm-hmm. in a field, like in this career path. And the more people I talked to, they are coming from different backgrounds. A lot of SEO folks I talked to, um, they come from like English backgrounds, journalism backgrounds, some come from marketing background, like traditional marketing backgrounds. Like it was a, it was a different mix of people with different backgrounds that interested me. And I think the more I was kind of working on my portfolio and my person, my website to actually get a job outside of academia, I was like, I was like, I enjoy this and it's something that I want to pursue. And that's kind of why I started maybe looking at SEO. I, I didn't really have a website to really make it very uh, like, I don't know if the word is like big, because was only one page, but I was starting to kind of learn kinds of the basics of it. And um, at least some of the kind of design aspects of it, but I just the more I learned about it, the more I talked to people, like it, it made made a lot of sense. Um and it was and I just I think with SEO2, if especially if you're on like different clients, you're exposed to different um uh, industries and different uh type of sectors. So like I at least where I'm currently at, like I'm exposed to all these different industries I didn't know about. So it kind of keeps things interesting. I don't mm. and I can kind of become a sort of an expert in on certain accounts, uh I mean, I, I'm on finance uh, for one. Uh, I'm on like for individuals as well, who are uh, in different sectors and industries. But um, yeah, I I really enjoy it, and it, it keeps me interested, which I think is really important. It's it isn't like the love of my life. I it's not something that I um, I don't know what the term is, but. It keeps me happy, it pays the bills. It wasn't something when I was a kid that I was like, I'm gonna be an SEO person. It just, it pays the bills and I enjoy it. And, I, and I, I like learning about it. And I think that's all that really matters.
0: Absolutely. When you were making the transition from academia to say SEO and, and the path there, imagine mm-hmm. applying for jobs uh, may not have been as easy. Um, do, you, do you find that HR didn't really get the value of the PhD? uh perhaps when you're starting out or at mid-level seo yeah, jobs
1: initially when i started throwing out applications when i was kind of looking at some data scientists roles and some uh, i think even some ux roles i i just kind of threw out my ap- applications is i didn't really have much uh, like industry experience it was mostly academic experience there was a lot of projects i've done a lot of uh, a couple articles i was associated with and like courses i've taught but there wasn't anything that really kind of showed Outside of academia, experiences uh, maybe not as much about impacts. Um, so I was kind of struggling hitting a wall, a wall there. But once I started kind of exploring different opportunities outside of academia, like volunteering, personal projects, uh, and I, I think the big thing was a SEO internship that I took last year. Is like a in-house uh, SEO opportunity. I was an, I was an intern, and that helped a lot just for experience-wise, but also just. Um, in terms of LinkedIn, I had it, my headline was SEO interns. So I had a lot of email, like email or email um, from like recruiters that were kind of interested just in my background, because I was an intern, but I was also a PhD. So I was able to kind of like tell a story in a way that sort of interested in, interested people because they saw that sort of those two titles together. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, so I, I, the internship was really the turning point for me because that, that was when I was starting to find places and I was actually starting to get more feedback and kind of getting more interviews that way. But before that, it was kind of difficult, um, just to get through the inner, the sort of initial, um, application stage, but it was partly that and just continue networking. I just still talked continue to talk to people, but it's weird. It's just like I had a summer where it just started. I could see the progress and I think that really motivated me.
0: Wonderful. Is there anything particular now, uh, in your, um, SEO role? that you found to be surprisingly complicated or complex that you wouldn't have thought of before? Mm. Maybe everything's easy.
1: Uh, well, there's a lot of different like rabbit holes. Like S- SEO is kind of like this umbrella where there can be different sort of specialties and disciplines within it. So you could be really into like the content side or maybe really into the technical side. Because especially with tech SEO, it, there's like a rabbit hole of information that you can really get into, like if you're maybe interested about JavaScript or page speed, or maybe about, uh, moving a website to a different domain, or like it, it can, there's all these like little areas of expertise, which are really sort of, it can be really complicated. And I, I think there's a lot of people that may specialize in one area. So I think that's the kind of the cool thing, I think too, like you're coming from a place where like, like academia, where people are experts in certain disciplines or experts in certain topics and SEO, like everyone t- seems to have kind of a niche or at least the people that kind of are later in their careers, it seems like they kind of found this niche that they can really speak to because isn't it, it isn't as much like you're speaking just SEO generally, because that's not super exciting. But mm. if you can talk about a certain aspect of SEO, I, I think that can take you a lot longer.
0: Makes sense. The um, The website you have is interesting because I, I first, I, you know, I, pardon me for assuming, but I thought, you know, maybe this is a side hustle or, or gig that you have, but it seems like everything mm-hmm. is just there for free, which is wonderful. Is there anything particular besides, you know, just struggling through this process uh, to lead you to make the website?
1: Um. I think a lot of it was just to prove that I could do it, that I could make this website that I could kind of build upon something. It's almost like a portfolio project in a way that I'm kind of also like showing to also other like marketing SEO folks, like, Hey, look, this is what I can do. And this, this is what I, this is what I want to do eventually. Like, cause at least with the website's like this continuing project that like this asset that you can like build upon and get better at. But I also wanted something that I could, try to reach as many people with, but something I could do good with. So at the same time, I, I hope like after PhD, like helps people navigate careers, um, maybe learn something about a different field they didn't know about, cause that's kind of what, what happened for me. (laughs) I just talked to more people, learn, listen to other people's stories. Like that, that was my hope with this website. I mean, monetarily, I don't know what I want to do with it, honestly, maybe Google ads down the road or something, but. I'd like to get it to a place that actually can reach a lot more people um, before I actually can do that. But for now though, it's mainly just just a resource for people that want it. I mean, I want to keep it as free as long as possible. Like I don't, I don't want to add paywalls or subscriptions or anything like that, but you might see like ads down the road. I'm I'm not sure.
0: Gotcha. Do you have a goal for reach on your website or uh, audience? Um,
1: Well, as I put out more content, I'm, I'm hoping I can have like a, maybe a larger sort of um, like organic sort of growth with the, with the site. I, I've been kind of looking more at like people also ask as uh, maybe opportunity. Cause a lot of about career uh, pivoting and transition is about asking questions. So maybe using the website to like, uh, as people are asking questions in Google search, like maybe they'll land upon my website in different ways. Maybe not just do like the brand name, like after PhD, um, but maybe in some uh, different areas, but. I'm still kind of learning as I go in that regard, Um, because higher education, like this space is kind of interesting because it's not higher education, but it's like a blend of higher education and like just traditional like career websites. It's weird because there's a lot more websites that are popping up like this though. So I'm also kind of looking at other websites and kind of seeing what they're doing. But yeah, again, it's a learning process, but that's life.
0: True. And you keep working at it and that's all Mm -hmm. you can do. But uh, if you're able to clear out some of the noise or filter out the noise, if I may, to to have a central resource for PhDs who are a bit lost uh, after uh, they received their degree, then perhaps uh, you've landed on something. And whether that grows soon or tomorrow or next year, uh, looking forward to it for sure. Anything particular that... uh, I, I guess uh, maybe PhD folks should start out with if they're kind of looking for work and, and maybe kind of hitting some roadblocks uh, beside being curious and asking questions. Do you have any tips, ideas that maybe work for you you could share with others?
1: Hmm. Yeah, so I think a lot of the, sorry. Um. So I, I think there's two things that you have to do. And I, I think you have to ask questions that are like these internal questions but also like you need to ask questions externally. So like, when I mean like internal questions, I'm speaking more of like the, what do you want out of life? Like, what do you wanna do? Like these kind of, they're kind of more tough questions, but they're, they're questions I think you have to ask initially. Cause if you don't answer those questions first, it makes the transition a lot harder because I don't think you really have like this sort of goal in mind when it comes to like networking or when it comes to submitting applications. Cause if you're just kind of throwing applications out randomly uh from positions you don't even really know anything about then it becomes kind of problematic but i think you also have to ask these like external questions of just asking people what they do and kind of asking questions outside of yourself like just knowing what's out there because academia can be very insular uh like you when i was in academia i didn't really know too much about different career paths i just kind of assumed what they were maybe just movies or maybe from uh just what i saw online but i never really talked to people which i regret uh not doing but you really just, i think you're just asking people what they do like because job descriptions aren't really enough so that, that would be my advice like a blend of like asking yourself what do you want to do and like really asking yourself that and then talking to people that have jobs that interest you and then trying to find a way to align these two in a way that moves you forward
0: awesome someone didn't have the um, expertise and communications like you do they might have a bit of a struggle writing emails when you're trying to network your way out of academia uh, i know you've suggested writing emails uh, do, do you suggest any particular avenue do you just kind of sprinkle them out to the uh, the webosphere and hope for the best or do you usually come up with maybe an approach um, mm. to to kind of get out there and 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 have those emails uh, to people that maybe you look to or just people you heard are really great.
1: Yeah. So I would suggest uh, when you're writing an email, like always have like a professional sounding email. I, I use Ryan William Collins at yahoo.com just because it, it's my name. So I, I think, I hope people will like remember it when they're maybe like trying to respond to in emails. Um, but I would suggest also having a good tagline. Like you really want to catch their attention. You really, cause a lot of times I think of like when people are in email, like where where they are at that time of day, like if it's in the morning, they might be going through the email, like if it's around after 10 o'clock. So I, I usually try to send emails around then if I'm looking for like informational interview, just so it's like at the top of their inbox. <clears throat> but usually I, I just kind of, you want to keep it brief though. You just want to just a few sentences of like, hey, this is where I found your email, just so it's not kind of creepy or weird <laughs> that someone's like contacting them. but if you found it off LinkedIn, you just say hi. My name is Ryan. I I found your email off LinkedIn. I just wanted a few minutes to like chat or maybe like a Zoom call or something. Um, but you you can't always expect the person to like be okay with an informational interview or maybe like a Zoom call. But um, it it doesn't hurt to ask or just for like even like five ten minutes if you just had a few questions or something like that. But um, but, yeah, just keep it professional. Like keep it short. Um something maybe that'll interest them in the hook and the subject line or just in the content. Yeah. It, I don't think there's too much to it, but just keep in mind, like they might get like a ton of emails, like who knows.
0: got to be patient. Keep yeah, trying.
1: Yeah. Cause it was, it's funny. Cause I had a, I emailed, I think it was uh, someone that you do email them. Like before I finished my PhD like months ago and then they finally got Back to me, and then I just went on their podcast like a a few weeks ago. Uh, But yeah, because I think he there's an article that he saw that I cited that he thought was interesting. And I don't know, this this is kind of tangent, but you never know. Like, you could just send an email, and then like months later, they could get back to you, and then that could be the opportunity you didn't think about.
0: The more podcasts you're on the better uh to teach others uh, what you go through and how they can you know make it easier transition so it's wonderful to hear even if it is a couple months worth waiting for for sure yeah it's seo is great for you now but have you thought of other um opportunities down the road have you dreamed of things besides being an astronaut or you know a, a freelance media expert again uh yeah uh
1: admittedly yeah i mean I think I just had a book, LinkedIn post about this, but yeah, I, I tend to like chase the shiny things. Uh, I mean, I, I follow a lot of people that are in like programming, uh, mainly like engineering. And I'm, I look at engineering, like software engineering, and I'm like, you know, that sounds really interesting, but I think when I code extensively, it really stresses me out and gives me a headache. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the path for me. Like a lot of times where I, I look at different fields and I'm like, this looks pretty interesting. And maybe I could do this. And then I'm like, this, the reality of it is I probably wouldn't enjoy it. At least with SEO, it's kind of this blend of technical and creative. I'm not constantly coding or something where it, it might just stress me out and then i like go to bed and still think about coding. It's, it's just kind of nice. Like I can disconnect, um, at the end of the day for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look at other things, kind of what's out there. I mean, I, I look at data analytics, um, even though I kind of do that anyways, like I, I was kind of thinking this too, like. I'm an SEO analyst. I'm kind of a blend of like just the traditional SEO, I guess, position, specialist, but I'm also like a data analyst. So I kind of struggle with like, who do I want to be like in my career five years from now? But a lot of times, I don't know if you know for sure, or you just kind of have to go through life and just kind of experiment and see what happens.
0: I can't do those questions. Uh, I I mean, I perform uh, the questions and answers as they go in interviews, but that what do you want to do in five years? And when I want to say everything, I don't think that's the answer they're looking for. But I hear you when there's so many things that you just want to dabble in um, as you only get one life uh, to live. It's kind of hard to figure out what you want to do. And maybe you're changing the world in SEO in a couple of years. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Time will tell. Uh, Any particular uh, keywords that uh, are popular now, or do you hate when people talk about uh, these keywords and you want something more tangible uh, in SEO?
1: Mm, You mean like kind of uh, like topics that might be overblown or something?
0: Yeah, are there are there topics that uh, drive you nuts in SEO, and, and people kind of go to these keywords because it makes them sound cool or or popular within the SEO world, or do you just wish that you know that wasn't as popular of a of an item?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean, I, I feel like initially why I wasn't interested in SEO because I I thought it was a lot of scams, <laughs> like mm. I thought it was a lot of like this black hat stuff or like lot of like, I think guest posting, uh, like buying links, uh, especially on that side of things can be really not great, but you really have to look for organizations that are doing SEO the right way, that are following Google's guidelines. Uh, So I would say like, those are topics you should always stay clear of anything that's like buying links, uh, like guest posting, stuff like that. Um, I mean, there's other things that are kind of popping up about like AI, which I don't think is like a bad thing. Like AI written content. So I feel like that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's been pretty hot lately. Mm. Um, I think voice, like voice SEO was a thing for a bit, but not anymore. Like the more I learn, I'm still kind of, I guess I'm in my early career. So I'm still kind of seeing like understanding like the, um, like what the big topics are especially that come and go but i'm just kind of spitballing the ones i've kind of see here like on linkedin and twitter and such i,
0: I never thought voice uh seo would be a thing but uh, i suppose yeah like
1: cuz i think google would recognize like they would have a record of that i'm not really sure <laughs>
0: It opens your mind, especially when you get a deep dive into it. For those who are on the surface at a high level, they just hear the the buzzwords and the trends, but here you are looking at uh, all the things that can relate and probably the question marks that uh, you'll solve pretty soon. I hope you're able to take something away from this conversation as you grow professionally. So how many times did I say absolutely in this episode? (laughs) It's fine. There's always next time, right? Ryan, thank you so much for sharing this honest perspective about your SEO journey. I found it really cool. I'm Elijah. Thanks for listening to the job pod. I appreciate you.